Hey everyone, this is Molly Zachary. Welcome to my podcast, The Gallery Intention. Here you will find a collection of stories, conversation, and creative endeavors that will keep you inspired and connected to an uplifting community. Discover new creative content, get energized to take the next step in your creative journey, and be encouraged by others who are walking right beside you. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to The Gallery Intention. Today, I'm interviewing a special guest, my sister, Hannah Sutton. She has owned her own bakery for several years now, and she's going to share a little bit of her story of her passion in baking, how that grew into a business, and what that business has looked like throughout the last couple of years. Now, disclaimer, there were a few technical issues while recording, but I thought this conversation was so good. I had to keep it, and I think you will really enjoy it. So let's get started. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Happy to be here. So to start things off, do you want to share a little bit about um, just your baking story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My name is Hannah. I am a baker. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I started baking when I was, I mean, earliest memories, probably like third, fourth grade. Um, By the sixth grade, I knew I wanted to be a baker and to own a bakery. I was like, I was set. And all throughout like middle school and high school, I kept trying to think of other things I wanted to do besides baking because I was like, well, it's a lot easier if you are like, okay, I want to do this. I go to college, I get a degree, I apply for these jobs. You know, it's a lot more like grid oriented, just a little bit more mapped out. And so I was, you know, trying to think of other things I wanted to do, but I kept coming back to wanting to be a baker. I just loved baking. I loved the creativity involved of taking a bunch of things that seemingly are nothing separate, but like make when they when you bring them all together, it makes something super cool. And so, I uh, I started doing a couple weddings. My sister's wedding cake. My oldest sister, she was the first one who let me make her whole wedding cake when I was sixteen. And then I started doing like birthday parties and graduation parties. And so, uh, just kind of building up a bit of a portfolio. Uh, went to college for entrepreneurship because I figured having a business degree would be helpful in running said business. And uh, before that, before I went to get a business degree, I was considering going to culinary school. And uh, I just kept hearing countless amounts of people at that time. What year was it? It was like 2000. When did I graduate? 2013. So it was like 2011, 2012. I was looking into culinary colleges and uh, a lot of people were having like a ton of people were struggling to A, pay off the debt and find jobs in the restaurant world, in the baking world. Um, In fact, a lot of people were getting those jobs without the culinary degree. So I went to a a school and I wanted to go, but the tuition, it is, it's very expensive. Now you learn a ton and it's, you know, invaluable knowledge. Um, Would have loved to go, but didn't want to spend the rest of my life in debt. So then I decided to go get a business degree, which 
for some reason, I don't know if I thought it would be cheaper. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. So I went and in one of the business classes specifically, my professor was like, if you have an idea, if you know what you want to do, like go do it. He was literally like, stop just putzing around, stop like making excuses and just go do it. And I know he probably didn't mean for me to immediately go drop out of college and take all the money that I had saved for college and uh, open a business, but that's what I did. I went and I called mom. (laughs) I called my mom and I was like, I'm going to drop out of college to her response. Um, She literally just said, great, I told you never to go in the first place. (laughs) So She said the exact same words to me. (laughs) Yes! She's like, cool. You know, it's not for everybody and you don't always need it. Um, If you do find out later in life that you need it, go back and do it. Um, but if you can get around without it, you know, without the tens of thousands of dollars of debt and you can take that money and put it towards your business, why not go for it? So when I dropped out, I went and started applying for different bakery jobs around town just to kind of get experience. And I thought, you know, if I really want to do this, I should have experience in it before I just dive head first in it. Uh, so I got jobs at a couple different bakeries and one of those bakeries, uh, it was more of your like standard run of the mill, like they make wedding cakes, graduation cakes, bakery cakes. Um, there was a little storefront, we sold cupcakes out of it and other desserts. And so after a couple of years of working there, uh, the owner approached me and said, hey, we're moving, would you like to buy the bakery? And so I said, let me think about it. And I thought about it, called my dad, talked about it, went through the pros and cons. Um, and then I thought, A, this is what I've always wanted to do what I've always thought, you know, I've wanted to do since the sixth grade. And I know, you know, when I'm 45, if I look back and I had said no and never tried it, I would regret it. I would want to know what it was like. I remember walking with you. I think we were walking around City Park and you were telling me this whole story and you're like, do I want to own a bakery? Do I want to be a baker? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, what? Didn't you say you always wanted to be? And you're like, well, I think so. I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're faced with that, when finally it's like handed to you on a silver platter, you're like, oh, but like, do I want it? <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's so much commitment too. It's like, it's all there. You have to go 100% in. And we had that, that same conclusion you were talking about earlier where we basically decided, yeah, if you didn't do this, you would regret it. Even if it was a good decision, bad decision, it, yeah. you have to take it. Yeah, no matter what the decision was, I would have regretted it. Even if I bombed and wasted, you know, a ton of money and time. Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, that's cute. You remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I said, yes, let's go for it. Um, I got a hold of a lawyer uh, who I trusted, and he kind of wrote up, like, um, what the transferring of the business would look like, um, all the nitty-gritty gritty details. And, like, I can't even, I don't even know all, all the things. I basically went to him. <laughs> I wish I could sound super smart and fancy, but I went to him, told him what I wanted to do, told him what she was offering, and he said, okay, I will make this legal, and I will make it happen. And I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> so um, I have the book of business and everything and kind of like the agreement um, of, of her handing me over the business, the name, the equipment, uh, 
Yeah. So I got that and I moved locations of the business uh, to a more affordable site. She had like a really like prime real estate location downtown, but she was renting it and it was incredibly expensive. Like the overhead was insane. It, it's, yeah. So I kind of reimagined what it could look like. Um, and at that same time, I entered, uh, what do you, what, what was it called? What would you call that, that K-State thing? Like a, a business scholarship program? Uh, yes. So business scholarship program, uh, where I had like a bunch of different mentors and it was like a mini shark tank. So at the end, when we got to pitch our idea, um, and pitch our business, uh, they allotted us each certain amounts of money. Um, and so I was able to take that chunk of money and kind of throw it at the business. Uh, and it really helped me in making that extra jump. Because it's kind of scary to back away from your reliable hourly job to then jump into a business where you're like, okay, I, there are no numbers. Like I have very little numbers. Um, I have numbers that I could look off of her business. And I had been working for her for several years. So I kind of had an idea of what the profit would look like, what the business would look like, the time it would take. Um, so that was very helpful. I'm really glad that I didn't just blindly jump into it, that I had some experience in working at a bakery and working with her. And so that was incredibly helpful. Uh, still scary though. So um, after that program, my basic business plan was for our location in our town, having a storefront location wasn't necessarily, wasn't the most yeah. profitable. Uh, yeah. A lot of money was poured into making stuff fresh daily um, to then just turn and throw it away if you had, a, you know, if nobody came. You know, when you think of it, you're like, well, people go and have coffee every day and they make coffee fresh and they have all that stuff fresh every day. But with cupcakes and cakes, like you're, people don't have cupcakes every day. I wish they did. That would be great. That'd be a happy day. <laughs> People don't have cupcakes for breakfast either, no, yeah. even though it's, like, the exact same as a muffin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, good accents for things. Normalized cupcakes, 2021. Yes, normalized cupcakes for breakfast. I have been mm -hmm. saying that for years. <laughs> Probably the same amount of sugar that's in a lot of our cereals, but... Um, but all that being said, like, the amount of money you pour into both having, A, all the overhead you have in a prime location to get that foot traffic you need for that people to then purchase all of your stuff on a daily. It was just the numbers didn't match as much as I tried and tried and tried. And I even had a, a team of grad students assigned to me to help me with this, to help me. Uh, their like final school project was to like help me create a business plan that would be effective. And their final statements were, it's not going to work it's not going to work in this town. Like they went, they did all the footwork for me. They went and they spoke to the department of ag. They spoke to many other business owners and they did all the footwork. And in their final presentation, they were like, this business plan we drew up, isn't going to work in this particular city. Um, and when we looked in the past, there have been several bakeries who have set up and gotten established in the town, but typically after a year or two, they go under. And that was kind of the case with when the lady sold me the bakery, they were going under. It wasn't working. The business plan she had, it, it didn't, it wasn't go, going well. 
um, which is why I completely pivoted it, renamed the business, and moved it. Um, and that's when we went from having a storefront location to being order-based only. And so at that point on, I started doing wedding cakes. I still did all the same things except for having, quote-unquote, a storefront location. I was, again, still right off of a highway. Um, people could see my sign from the highway. Um, it was still a good location, but not for walk-in not for walk-ins. Even though people tried. Even though people tried, people would walk in and, you know, I'd give them the spiel. <laughs> I'd say, oh, you know, no, it's not, it's not a, wait, daily bakery. You, you have to place an order. Um, and I can, oh my goodness, the amount of times people would say, oh, you'd make so much money if you, you know, just made things on the daily. And I was like, you want me to show you the cold hard facts, <laughs> the literal <laughs> business plan, all the math, everything that I've literally had grad students do for me that I did that bakeries in the past in this particular city has done like, no, <laughs> just because you think it's going to work doesn't mean it's going to work no matter how hard you think and hope that something's going to work. Sometimes, even with all of the best intention and ambition, if at the end of the day, the numbers aren't adding up, the numbers aren't adding up, you know? Yeah. So how did you feel at that moment? Like, if you could go back to your 13, 14-year-old self who imagined owning a bakery someday, and you're at that point, you own a bakery, but it looks completely different. Were you disappointed in that? Were you more satisfied because the numbers looked better? What was going in your head? You know, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, cause I do distinctly remember it wasn't like one particular moment where I'm like, okay, I'm doing the thing. I have bakery business. It is successful, but it looks, it does, it did. It looked 100% different than what I thought it would look. Hi, Wrigley. <laughs> it because in my head, you know, and I don't know, maybe I was the only 13-year-old who thought this, but when I was like, I want to own a bakery, I pictured literally this Pinterest perfect storefront where people would come in and their moms would come in with their little kids and they'd have a cupcake, you know, and they'd, you know, split a split a piece of pie. And um, it was, it was, it was just this Pinterest perfect thing in my head. And it's so not reality in the slightest bit. It is some people's reality. Like some people do have the cute picturesque perfect storefront um and their demographic and their location make it happen. But it, for where I was at and what I had it wasn't that wasn't the case for me and I was still very proud of myself and where I came. If anything I was so kind of blown away by how different my dream looked from reality. So yeah, so I was, it was kind of, I've discussed this before with you, I think. I don't know if with you or with, I'm sure one of the other sisters, <laughs> but this sounds sad, but every time I've like slightly pivoted my business, it's kind of like the, the death of a dream, you know, where it's like you have this image and you kind of have to just come to terms with letting that die um, in order to have something better come yeah. into turn because if I were to keep holding on to that you know that that idea of that perfect picturesque storefront um for my situation it wouldn't have worked out as far as business-wise goes it, it wouldn't have worked out and so I kind of had to be okay and at peace with the fact that it's like all right I'm gonna have to let that image die in order to do still what I love 
which is baking, which is creating, you know, delicious, pretty creations for people, but not with the image that I had expected would just come with it. Yeah, that's so good. I just finished reading a book. It's called Beginner's Pluck today. Have I told you about that? I don't think so. It's by Liz Bohannon, and she's the um, creator of Seiko Designs. Anyway, she talks about in a chapter where you can get so you can be so stuck on the solution that you've made in your head that you miss the problem. So she has this foundation where um, these Ugandan women um, create these really cool sandals, outfits, jewelry, and she set up this business for them so that they can sell it and raise up money so that they can go to um, their university. Oh. But before, when she, before she created that, she was like, I'm going to make a nonprofit. I'm going to make this nonprofit and it's going to be a one-for-one system where a Ugandan woman gets matched up by another woman and they support them raise funds, and then they can go to the university. So she had that so set in her mind. But as she was slowly, like, realizing what the demographic was and interviewing different people, she realized that would not work at all. And she's like, I'm so thankful that I let that dream die because that wasn't, the, that wasn't a good solution. I had to let that die so that I could have a better solution and a better dream that was more realistic and actually accomplished like what she wanted to do mm-hmm. and solve the problem that she wanted to solve. So, yeah. Wow. Yes. Thank you. That, is, that was exactly what I was going for. <laughs> I need to read that book. Yeah. I relate to that a ton because it's, you know, that's happened several times. And so that was the first pivot point for me was, you know, allowing the dream of that Pinterest bakery die in order that I could, you know, better and more effectively serve the community in making <laughs> cakes and cookies and, you know. Uh, and then, so I did that for a couple a couple years. And then I kind of got to a point where I was getting so much business that I was at a point where I either needed to, okay, expand. Hire on a bunch more people. Um, get a larger establishment. Um, and, like, just go for it. Or kind of back off because I was, I was starting to get like carpal tunnel symptoms in my hands. Um, I wasn't getting sleep. It was normal for me not to sleep on a Friday. I, d- I didn't sleep on Friday nights for, I couldn't tell you how many months. It was like, I started Thursday and I didn't stop <laughs> until Saturday. I just didn't stop. I did. I would have, you know, I could serve anywhere from 500 to 900 people on a weekend with like two to three different weddings per weekend. Um, and I was just kind of going for it. I was like, all right, it's my dream. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to say yes to everything and I'm going to do it all. And so I got to a point where I was like, okay, my body physically can't keep doing this. And uh, I was kind of at that wall again. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is, maybe this, this is that redemption moment. Like I've been doing this for so long Maybe now I, you know, open up that cute storefront bakery. Now I do this and that and the other. And I think because I let that dream die, it wasn't as pressing anymore. It wasn't like, this is the end all be all. This is what you've worked so hard for. It was like, 
no, I felt like I could see more clearly. I'm like, no, what would be best? Truthfully, what would be best for my business? What would be best for me and my family? Because I got married in that, in that somewhere in that span of things. And my husband at the time owned a restaurant. He opened a restaurant about two months after we got married. Wow. So, yeah, when I say it all out loud, <laughs> it's a lot. And I was kind of like, you know what? I, for my own mental health, for my own physical health, I'm going to take a step back and see what this would look like if I once again pivot in a different direction. And so I looked at what was the most, what was taking the most time in my business uh, with the least amount of profit. Uh, And I realized that all of like the online orders and personal orders, they were, they were taking so much time in communicating via email. I would spend hours a week on the phone and emailing people to get their quote unquote perfect birthday cake, you know, uh, where their budgets were for, again, for this demographic, not super high. And so I was having to, I love making cakes for people and not, and making them affordable. That's what I love doing. And so I was like, but I, it, business-wise, it just wasn't working out. That They were taking too much time, too much effort. Um, and so I was like, okay, what is the most profitable? Uh, weddings, those are very profitable. It's a larger scale contract. You know, you have one meeting with someone, um, you get all the details down, and then you make enough cake for, you know, three to 500 people in one go. Whereas a birthday cake, it would be, I was literally spending the same amount of time and communication with some parents for the children's birthday cakes to serve 10 people, you know? And so time-wise, that wasn't making sense. I also didn't love making birthday cakes as much anymore. I love being creative and I love creating things, but when someone tells you exactly how they want something, it just, it's not as fun anymore, you know? Yes. Yeah, I guess when I say it out loud, that kind of sounds bad. I'm like, I didn't like doing it anymore. (laughs) I didn't like being told what to do. (laughs) And so I was like, okay. Um, so I started pivoting towards doing larger orders. So weddings. And then at the time I was making desserts for my husband's restaurant, um, which I love doing. They gave me 100% creative freedom and I got to focus a lot on, a lot more on the ingredients and making it taste really good and sacrificing less on the appearance a lot of times, when you know, when people want 3D things, you have to use a lot of fondant or Rice Krispies or, you know, you have to make it in advance so it's not as fresh. And so I felt like I, I didn't have to compromise near as much on making these restaurant desserts. Um, plus, it was just, yeah, it was a ton of fun. It was very little communication. They would just message me and say, we need this, this on this date. You know, make it however you want. And then I deliver it. It was just a lot more smooth. Um, so I, I eventually even started backing away from wedding slowly. Again, that one main, mainly for mental health. Incredibly stressful. I can't even describe the stress. Anyone I talk to, that is one thing everyone understands. I've never had one person be like, Oh, you're, you're overreacting. Weddings aren't... <laughs> wedding cakes aren't stressful at all. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, and I had another contract with the business in town, which I still have. I've had for years. I make toffee bags with their logo on it for all of their patients. And so between that and then the restaurant ordering from me on a weekly and sometimes daily basis, it, it, was, it was plenty for me. It was plenty of work for just me. 
um, and I had already come at terms with not scaling up and not hiring a bunch of people and just making it a lot larger of a business. So for anyone who's been interested in baking wedding cakes and thinking, it sounds amazing to create this super cool wedding cake. What would you say would be the positives and the good experiences that you've had? And what would be the things that just you would have to weigh in if -hmm. you decide to go into that business? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, There were a lot of positives. I really did love it. That's why I did it for several years. I loved meeting with meeting with brides and and their families and it's such a fun and happy occasion um it's so it's fun to kind of take their ideas and their dreams and like make it a reality I love being able to take it off of their plates because again it can be stressful so for me to be able to sit there and be like I'll do this and this you don't have to worry about this I'm gonna do this you know and like you could see the relief on the mom's face most of the time like okay good like I fully trust you you're gonna do this like awesome. And then to be able to create, you know, sometimes it's a centerpiece, sometimes it's a like an accent piece that is the cake. Um, and then the brides come in on their day and, you know, I've got, I've got a ton of thank you letters from brides um, that they just loved the cake and they loved how it looked. And so that was just always very fulfilling to have that connection and relationship with a client. And it was fun creating challenging pieces you know, to create a five-tiered cake that's going to be the centerpiece of several hundreds of people. It's, it's like, awesome. And once I have it done, every time when I would go to leave uh, an event space, I'd take one last look. Right before I walked out the door, I would take one last look at the cake, A, to make sure it was still standing, <laughs> um, but B, just as a sigh of relief and be like, wow, like, start to finish, we helped make this day just a little bit brighter and a little bit better. Um, So that was always just very fulfilling and very fun and challenging. The negative being weddings are on weekends, you know, 9.5 out of 10 times. So you're having to do most of your baking and you're setting up and decorating and everything on weekends, which uh, when you are with people or trying to hang out with people who have typical 9 to 5s Monday through Friday, the time that they want to hang out is the weekends. Um, So you know, for years. It just started, for me personally, it started adding up. I didn't get to see my friends very often. Uh, even my family, anytime we would have like some type of an event on a weekend or we try to get together, I'd be like, sorry, I have three weddings I have to do. Or I remember it was the night before my own wedding and I had someone inquiring about a wedding a year from our wedding date. And so I'm like, okay, I had to go up to my now husband and say, hey, are we planning on taking any like trip on our one year anniversary? And he's like, what? Like, we're not even married yet. I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to book a wedding cake. So if you know, we want to do that, we need to know a year in advance. (laughs) So it was just like, You know, having to book out my schedule a year in advance, that's just a lot. And then, like I said, when you don't have all of the help, because it's kind of a balance. I've I've met with a lot of people who want to have a bakery business, and anytime I present them with a challenging question, their usual response is, well, I'll hire someone for that. 
you know, oh, well, I'll hire someone to handle my social media, or I'll hire someone to do all, like, the heavy lifting and stuff. Like, I'll just do the decorating, (laughs) you know, and the setting up, which in a perfect world is awesome. Um, And if you can do that, that's amazing. Uh, But in most reality, when you start a business, you can't afford to just hire someone. Like, that is you. You are the accountant. You are the heavy lifter. You're the organizer, the secretary, the everything. You know, you, you are all of those positions in the business. And so that it was just starting to wear on me. And that was kind of where that pivot point was. I was like, you know what? I'm getting exhausted. The idea of making that jump, you know, and expanding and hiring on and, you know, opening up a larger location was just too overwhelming for me personally. I thought about it, but again, like I'd said, I'd, I'd let that dream peacefully die in my mind. And I was like, you know what? I love where this is going and I'm just going to let it keep taking me. And so that's kind of when I took the turn and just started doing desserts and goods for businesses in town. The theme today is let dreams die. The theme is let dreams die. (laughs) Let them burn peacefully. (laughs) Oh, but really... (laughs) lots of I feel like nowadays there's so many it's like follow your heart follow your dreams like they'll never lead you astray which I think you know in original concept wise like that's a beautiful thing to say that's encouraging but then it can almost lead to vast discouragement and disappointment when someone has to let their dream die it's like it'll destroy them but if you can you know let it peacefully die and move on pivot. I've said the word pivot a thousand times, but it's so important in a business. If you can't do that, then you're going to have a lot of struggles. Yes. Yeah. Pivot's a good word because it's not quitting. I mean, it is technically quitting, I guess, but like technically technically, (laughs) the definition is lines up, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not, I don't know. I think we get so scared of the word quit I don't know like we're anxious so we either don't do anything because we'd rather not do anything than start something and fail and have to quit or you just work years and years and years and waste all that time in your life doing something that you don't want to do for a dream that you don't really want anymore but because yeah. you're so afraid to quit, you you don't stop. And yeah. A dream that yeah. is an actual reality. A dream that it's like a Pinterest dream. It's the best, you know, way I could say it. But you yeah. can't give up on it. You can't let it go because you're like so stuck in that. And there's a lot of people pleasing and pride in that, I think, too, where it's like, I've told people, I want to make them happy, I want to feel accomplished and you're just putting your success in what the world views as successful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's funny because everyone thinks the same way. It's not like, I don't know, it's like everyone is worried about that because they think other people will judge them for it. And yes, <laughs> 99% of people are too busy being afraid and worrying about themselves to actually care. To actually care about y- you, yes. <laughs> That's so funny. We all are so, so like, self-obsessed 
but we, about other people, like, noticing us and obsessing over us, but because we're all so self-obsessed about that, we're not noticing <laughs> each other's. But yeah, where I'm at now, I, and this is another thing, normalize dreams dying, and normalize part-time dreams. So mm. I have, I feel like there's so much glory um, and like positive spins put on people who quit their nine to five, abandon all like normality and just dive after your dreams, like follow your dreams, follow your heart, pedal to the metal. Um, but where I'm at now, this is probably like my favorite place I've ever been um, as I've slowly <laughs> quit or pivoted <laughs> my dreams. Um, uh, it's more part-time. So where I'm at now is I have a part-time 9-to-5 job along with baking. And I didn't tell people that for the longest time because, A, again, like you said, you're worried about people saying, like, oh, so your dream failed. Or, oh, so it didn't work out. Oh, so you're not, you know, things aren't going well. Or, you know, just fearing other people's thoughts and opinions where as I made this decision and it was the best decision I could have made for my family, myself, my friends, um, just all everything. And so I'm still baking for, um, a restaurant, which is now because of COVID <laughs> a catering business and baking for another company in town, but working a standard nine to five job, um, regulating hours, um, and slowly kind of working up a different dream. And whereas this new dream looks literally 110% different than my original 13-year-old self would have thought I'd be at yes. right now. That's good. Also, I feel like as a 13-year-old being filled with Disney Channel, I just expected oh to gosh. like make it by 18. Because yes. I'm like, once you graduate, you... you who are you anymore? I mean, I don't see you on Disney Channel because you're too old. <laughs> I know. Right? Yes. With that, I don't know why, but again, like you said, once you graduate, okay, if you don't have it all figured out, who are you? Everyone else has it figured out. And I remember in that scholarship program that helped kind of be the, the business incubator for my bakery, uh, I would so avoid asking particular questions. I avoid like letting too much of my business plan and information out because I was like, I don't have answers for all these things. I don't know. Like these people are all literally millionaires who are advising me. They have like great businesses, great business strategies. Like what on earth am I doing? A little bakery owner, you know, sharing the same table with them. And I remember saying something one time, something that's like a very standard baking, like knowledge thing. And a super successful businessman across the table from me goes, oh, what's that? Like ask a question that my initial incorrect thought was, that's a dumb question. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that's not a dumb question. Why on earth would this person know anything about my realm? And then I don't know why that like... As the, as the youths are saying, vibe check. <laughs> that just <laughs> vibe checked me so hard. <laughs> I was like, A, how wrong of me. I'm being that exact person that I fear. And mm. C, 
how awesome of this person who I thought knew everything there is to know about business that they asked a question. They were like, I don't know it, so I want to be more knowledgeable. And to be more knowledgeable like, is to help you in the long run. And so after that point, I asked like every question. Any question I had, no matter how stupid it honestly probably was, <laughs> I would ask it. I'd raise my hand. I'd ask it. We'd have conversations because how on earth are you supposed to be a professional at every profession? You can't. You know, you can't have knowledge about everything. You literally can't. And I don't know if it's because of everyone's access to the internet now that we think that we should know everything because it's all so readily available, but it's literally, it's, it's impossible. And so no question is a stupid question. Always ask it because you will never grow or learn if you don't ask it. So yeah, that was my TED talk. (laughs) So takeaways are there are no such thing as dumb questions normalize letting dreams die (laughs) and normalize part-time dreams (laughs) yes and normalize cupcakes for breakfast yes wow those are our four takeaways (laughs) before we end what is a great baking hack that you would like to share? Well, this might be an obvious, well, you know, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, One, if you're ever making a cake, always line the bottom with parchment paper. No, that's probably obvious to most people now, but always line the bottom with parchment paper and even the sides if you're able to. That is a game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow, that's a great question. All of a sudden, all my knowledge just went out the door. It's all gone. <laughs> all of it. Um, I like using oil in cakes versus butter. For some reason, I always thought butter was better. But oil just produces so, so much of a better texture in cakes, in my opinion. They're a lot less dense. They're more, I don't know, they're just better. That's oh, all I got. That's good to know. All right, and two, what is your favorite thing to bake if you have one? Ooh, um, I like baking, oh, I love baking so many things. I do like making cute cakes. My favorite thing to bake are probably my niece, nieces and nephews' birthday cakes, because mm-hmm. I'll ask them and they'll just say, you know, Spider-Man or a ninja cake or, you know, something, and it's, it's just really fun to use my own creativity and in putting that theme on a cake and then seeing their little reactions then when they get so excited, it's the cutest thing. Yes. So baking, baking my nieces and nephews birthday cakes, I'd say that. Perfect. That's adorable. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for this time. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. And we'll definitely have to talk again about what you're currently doing. If you're yes. Willing to go. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Cool. I'm excited. Cool. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.